Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Kat from You're Alright, which is an Instagram page that I follow and that I love. And I randomly got in touch with Kat to ask her to come on the podcast and she was more than happy to do that. We have a fantastic conversation about tomorrow's promise to none of us, that you live and you die in don't put your decisions off. To have the life that you want to have does require almost doing scary things sometimes and having the bravery to do that. But what we reflect on here is that what would be scarier is to get to the very last moment of your life and realise you never did the stuff that you wanted to. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation. I'm delighted to welcome Kat from your Alright onto the podcast today. Thanks for joining me, Kat. Thanks for having me, Anne. I'm dead excited. <laughs> I know. And this came around just because I, I love your social media page on Instagram. <laughs> so it's great that I just connected with you and I didn't know your name. And then I actually, I'll be honest, I was thinking, could Kat be a man's name? Because obviously this is for women only. <laughs> so I'm glad that when you've come on to Zoom today, you are indeed a woman. So <laughs> tell us a wee bit about you, Kat. I shall... I'm the creator of You're All Right, uh, which is, I like to call it like a Scottish positivity brand blog. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you say, it's on Instagram. 35 and I live in Glasgow and I'm a huge, I'm a massive advocate for positive mental health. So that's really what the blog is all about, like encapsulating how important and vital positive mental health is. But having like a, a Glasgow tinge to it where Mm -hmm. it's written in our dialect and kind of how a lot of people speak and just the attempt there is just to make it relatable to people and make sure that mental health isn't just discussions that are held way above and beyond people that struggle with it every day like working class folk like Mm -hmm. ourselves and and just younger people that think that sometimes these conversations happen without them in mind like everybody's the same like we all struggle with mental health we all have mental health Mm -hmm. and I think we're all striving to make it positive as well so Great, great, that's who you are, so I can't wait to hear, and I never know the answers to this in advance, so it's always a surprise to me, so tell me Kat, what do you know for sure? God, (laughs) mine is quite morbid I suppose depending on how you look at it, because I always think the only thing we know for sure in life is that you die, which sounds just terrible, but it's probably like one of the only guarantees you can get. Like, mm-hmm. you live and then you die, which uh, sounds horrific. But I think if you keep that in mind and you spin that positively, like, what I know for sure then is that life's just too short. So you have to make the most of everything, every chance that you get, every opportunity that comes up, even when you're scared to death and you know that it will be hard or whatever like if it's what if it's something that you think is going to make your life better like you should just do it I think a lot of the time the stuff that scares you to death is the stuff that inevitably becomes the most valuable like it's took you in some weird turn or spiral and led you to something that maybe you would never have been at but the point um happiness that you arrive at is because you took chances on yourself like you didn't hold off wait for the morrow or wait till you were financially secure or wait till you were 40 or wait till this that and the next thing you just done it as and when it popped up because you thought it was going to make you happy and nine times out of ten I think if you're going down that kind of genuine route it will make you happy because you've been led there by something so Aye. I I think just being aware of that and not being scared to 
make the big transitions that lead into that or link to that as well. You know, like, I mean, how many times do you talk to people through the years and they're in unhappy marriages or they're not in the best relationship? They absolutely hate their work. There'll be conversations that maybe every time you talk to them pop up continuously. And when you're the outsider looking in on that, sometimes I think you're like, oh my God, why don't you just leave? Why don't you just break away from that relationship? Or why don't you just go and get that job that you really, really want or whatever? And it's easy for you to say, I think, when you're an outsider, it's much harder when you're in it. But if you have the bottle to make the changes when you're in it, the outcome can only be good, can only yeah. be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really I resonated with, with, with that so much because... I think what can get lost in people, like you said, people that are waiting until a better time, and actually, none of us know when our ticket's up. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think COVID, COVID has shown us that for certainty, but how many mm-hmm. people do we know that have been struck down by cancer or something else, knocked down, mm-hmm. died in a crash, an accident? You know, that way, mm-hmm. it's just like, we don't know when our life is up, and therefore, if we don't mm-hmm. take the chance today... We might never get the chance to take it, mightn't we not? Exactly, mm-hmm. I know. And then how scary is that? Like, I always think, I don't know, like, I visualise a lot of things and I think, imagine getting to the end of your life and looking back and having even a hint of regret or sadness, like, that mm-hmm. you didn't do what you wanted to do and now that's you, you don't get another chance to do it again. Like, that is devastating. Like, you would never want to do that. And I think we're dead good at rallying up other people and encouraging other people to go and do these things and make the best of their life and most opportunities and stuff and telling younger folk to just go do it, go travel and go do this, get as much experience as you can and we'll just be sitting there like that, wish that was me. I but I think if you stop wishing for it and like you work towards it, regardless of the things we just said, like your age, your circumstance, whatever, you could be as happy as the people that you're encouraging to go for their happiness as well. Like, I know. I know, and it's something I speak about when I speak quite often about getting the very idea of getting to the end of my life and thinking, I never did, I never wrote that book, I never met that person, I never did that thing, I would be so annoyed with myself. But that's us in this wee ideal vision of the end of your life being when you're like in your 80s and you're sort of aligned, surrounded by your your family and your loved ones, Mm -hmm. but actually... As my brain taught me, the end of your life can come in an instant, can't mm-hmm. it? So how mm-hmm. has that sort of an impulse to just show up and do stuff in the now shown up in your life then? Uh, probably like, the f- it's a hindsight thing, because when it was happening at the time, I wasn't aware of it. I didn't know that mm-hmm. that's what was happening. So it's definitely a hindsight thing where I look back and I go, oh, all right, okay. Mm-hmm. And it was probably like, when I was in my early 20s, like, uh, I lost my dad to cancer and I remember at that time I was in a relationship with somebody, like had a house together, I was in a job that I hated and then and obviously all this other stuff was going on with him, uh, like my dad and stuff like that and then through the grief process, it's, it's crazy because obviously that's a really negative and sad time in everybody's life but the positive that came in the grief process was that I was literally just like I can't believe he's not here. I can't believe he's not going to see X, Y, and Z. I can't believe we're not going to ever do these things again. And it just, honest to God, just made me think, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I don't want to be in this relationship. I don't want to be in this house. I don't want to be in this job. They're all quite, like, big life transitions, especially when you're in your early 20s, to be like that or to hell with that. I want to go and 
be something else and do what mm. I want to do. But that's just what happened. Like, I don't know, the, the guy I was going to at the time was probably that. I'm like, this is done. I'll leave him. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. What are you talking about? I'm like, no, um, this isn't for me. I'm so happy. And a little bottle to just acknowledge that and to say, I'm so happy and I want to be happy. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything the matter with admitting that. But when you're younger, particularly, I don't think you see that because you're scared of what other people will think. What do you mean you're not happy? You know, you've got this going on for you, that going on for you. Ah. So you tend to keep that to yourself. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I, I was like, I'm not happy. This is why. So we split up and it was like a weight off my shoulders. I mean, it wasn't a bad guy or anything. It was just one of these things like I didn't know what I'd be in. So that happened and uh, I felt better. I felt a huge sense of relief. And then I was looking at everything else and I was like, right, move back in with my mum. Um, and I thought, okay, so that was great as well for millions of reasons. Um, and then I was looking at what I was doing every day, like in my 95, and I'm like, how do I do that? So what, what do I want to do and how will I get there? And that involved like going back to education, looking at further education, doing different things here and there. And then I just getting involved in that. And then obviously... I don't really want to think about how long has passed since then, right? But I'm like, oh, all these years later, um, I'm in a much better place because of that. Like, a lot of amazing things happened within the 10 plus years since mm-hmm. that that would never have happened had I still been in that relationship, still been in that house, and still been in that job. Mm. And it's that real balance for what you've, what you've said about, you know, getting to the end of your life. And thinking I never did the stuff. So what? What's if we were to put it on a scale? What's the scarier thought? Changing stuff just now, or getting to the end of our life and realizing you never lived a good life. You never lived the life mm-hmm. that you wanted to live. Mm-hmm. And if you put that on that balance, then probably when you reflect on it, I would imagine the decisions weren't that scary after all. I, I think I think you're right. Like if you were to put what you said there, like. And like some kind of visual with the scales or whatever, people would look at it and be like that, oh my God, like just go for it, just do it. Mm-hmm. But it's harder when you're in it. And then as I say, when you look back, you go, I'm so glad I've done that. I don't really know where that came from. Like uh-huh. the guts to do the things or whatever. Uh-huh. It's scary. I, I think what's interesting is about you saying about other folks' perceptions of what happiness looks like and telling yeah. you, look what you've got. You should just be happy with your life. <laughs> but that's the, that's what happy looks like to them. Yeah. And obviously you are on, on Instagram and you do loads of great stuff. Maybe you'll draw the scale, cat. <laughs> you do lots of great stuff on Instagram. But that can be a place where people just measure themselves against each other, isn't it? Oh, Instagram and social media in general, I think it's right for that. And I hate to admit it, but I have done it myself and... There was a post not that long ago, actually, where I was talking about well, it was comparison in its simplest form, and it was just because Christmas had been, and I was drinking all the Baileys, and I was eating all the mince pies, and I was living the best life ever, because at Christmas, I think, we just we go reckless till we get in the zone. But the problem is, I've been doing that since the first lockdown, because I was thinking that was only going to last a few weeks, <laughs> later, so I'm like, oh, haven't really kept up with what I've in terms of, like, going to the gym, and, like, just, like, take time and God, I'm not a saint and I don't deprive myself, but I definitely know that I've swayed towards the easier option during this time than the mm-hmm. normal routine. And because of that, obviously, I look in the mirror sometimes and I'm like, oh my God, why are you doing that? And then when you are when you look at Instagram and, you know, 
particularly again are this time you've got people that are only showing you like their best life, their best version of themselves, their bikini bodies, like and, you know, mm. they've surrounded by mince pies and that and you're like, You didn't eat them, you did not eat all the mince pies. <laughs> you don't look like that after eating all that. Um and I sat and I was like at Christmas, oh man. Then I went, I don't know if anybody's ever done this, but then I went, look, if you're beautiful, and I'd end up getting myself a snack ready for when I went scrolling to look at everybody that I felt like better. <laughs> self-talk to, like, oh my God, your stuff on my face. Like, uh-huh. what did she eat in a day? Like, oh. um, I, I hate to admit that because I, I'm always trying to champion people not to compare themselves. And I'm always, for somebody who's on social media, written social media apart, but it does have benefits, but you know, a lot of a lot of the negatives relate to like declines in mental health and stuff. So but even if if we just feel- take it's not just social media, it's like other people's perception are what you should be grateful for it just it uh-huh. messes me up when people say you should be quite happy look what you've got you should be quite happy with that and it's like but if I'm not happy I'm not happy uh-huh. who are you to tell me what my happiness should look like uh-huh. and it's having that real conversation and honesty you don't need to tell them to beat it because uh-huh. obviously you might fight it with folk but you can have the conversation <laughs> with yourself can't you it's not for you to tell uh-huh. me what my life should look like Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing, especially like in terms of mental health, or people maybe know feeling like they can speak up about their mental health because they get shot down with that as well. Like in the current climate, people there's a lot of posts that go about, and it's like, oh, I didn't get to go on holiday or whatever, but you know, I've got a roof over my head and I've got like my family, and and they're they're trying to bring to the surface or the forefront all the things that I suppose it was in the life, which I totally get. But again, in that instance, you've been. You might have had to work from home for the best part of a year. You haven't been able to socialise. You didn't get to do all the things that keep you sane on a, a normal day. So even if you have a roof over your head and you have your family around about me, you're still allowed to sit there and be like that. I feel shit. Like, uh-huh. I feel pure shit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like, tie a bow on it and say, oh, this is great because I'm healthy. Because I, of course, it's great that you're healthy um, physically, but mentally, this mm-hmm. is going to take its And you don't just want to keep covering that up really band-aid fixes of here's and this is where it's contradictory because I do think gratitude is so important in life and you should acknowledge what you're grateful for and I do believe that then in turn that has like a really positive cycle in your life but I think you have to acknowledge the stuff that isn't going well and the stuff that is negative or the stuff that's that makes you feel like you're no good because if you keep covering it up with what you should be grateful for you're missing a massive part of things but you could change um to make you feel better and again that comes through people's opinions like you said you know mm-hmm. you've still got a job during all this some people are furloughed i okay my job's fucking sending me like off my nut that's not like that's actually not me personally uh, <laughs> but like you know you you'll get people like that like that are so stressed out now because they are i mean look at the nhs these people and doctors and nurses and support staff or whatever when they're there every the day i so they're supposed to be grateful because they're still getting a wage and they're no further but look what they're gonna be every single day i know like i know you have to take both of the things, I think. I know. Thank you so much for joining me, Kat. This has been a great conversation. No. Thank you. <laughs> too much to say for myself. Oh, no, at all. I loved every word of it. Thanks very much, Kat. <laughs> Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching Anne Hughes Ignite. 
If I referred to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching Anne Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, annehughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.